0: And now when you get to a location where you have that amount of death occurring, you're opening portal to lower astral realms. It's just an inevitability.
1: Years ago, one could walk underground from one end of Malta to the other. Right.
0: 1940, National Geographic. Years ago. Yeah, so why, why not now? He starts digging in the cave and he finds giant bones. A giant skulls in this cave that this this tribe had stated that's where it took place that's where we killed the last of the red-haired giants all right so the data around this like what <laughs> we don't have stuff like ceremonial purposes we don't have stuff that goes down that path with some of these things what we have here are humans being round it up, and put in these pens.
1: What ancient secrets are hidden in Malta's underground tunnels? Why did artifacts and statues in Malta's infamous Hal Safliani Hypogeum depict such large people? From temples and megaliths to star forts and tunnels that connect right to people's homes, there are a lot of stories to uncover. Here, remote viewing data on the Fresno Nightcrawlers from John Vivanco, and investigative research from me, Rob Counts. Join Metaphysical
0: for a show that's out of this world. Are you listening to this Metaphysical podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or anywhere else? Leave us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate that. It's going to help us reach even more people. And remember, you got to like, follow, and subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, Ganjing World, Twitter, and Facebook. How you doing, John? Good. Excited to get into this. This is where things go. Well, should I actually say this or down, keep it to myself? downhill, <laughs> so to speak? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's like I, I know, like 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 um, what's his name? Uh, Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock. You know, he's he. I. I. I know that he's really trying to push the envelope with things, but. We're like going outside of the envelope that I don't even know if someone like him would accept, in fact, who knows, there's no more envelope. We've thrown the envelope <laughs> out
1: no envelope. <laughs> We're this is just unbridled. In information, um, yeah. I, I really respect what Grim is doing because he's he's playing this game with with modern day archaeologists who are more likely to attack someone's character than accept their new theory, um, which I am I'm against that. I don't think I think that's very unprofessional. Um, I think the world that Graham co- comes from being a journalist, you just don't do that. You you tend to look at information more objectively. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't agree with everything that Graham Hancock puts forth. I don't. Um, yeah. But I do respect what he's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, this this episode really is dedicated to what the hell is go- like. What the hell did they build on Malta? Um, the tunnels of Malta, which are said to you're you're supposed to be able to access any part of the island from the tunnels of Malta. Several articles have posited that. The current, I guess, civilization that's been built on Malta has been built over this tunnel system uh, that's there. And and all of these megalithic structures are connected via this tunnel system.
0: Yeah, and and go to the ocean and whatnot. So the, the tunnel system, um, I don't know how it is now, but at least it used to go all the way to the ocean, multiple different shores so you could go anywhere on the island in the tunnels at one point at least
1: well in the tunnel that uh sorry the cave i should say that odysseus was held captive in was on the shores of the ocean right? oh, okay yeah. yeah yeah i fell into this strange rabbit hole as as you and i had been discussing this and we kept researching this if the waters were 400 feet lower back In in a more ancient time, uh, Malta would have been a hill. It would have been a a, a large hill or a mountain even. I don't know about mountain, but 400 feet higher than the ocean, right?
0: Right, Right. exactly. Yeah, it would have been the whole mountain would have been riddled with tunnels. Um, They probably went a lot, lot, lot deeper and all down the side of the mountain. um, Into the water. Back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, back in the day. So... Yeah. So I think like, you know, some of the remote viewing data that I saw on this was that the the water level rose so much, a lot of them were flooded. And sometimes with the tides, it would get higher within the tunnel system. So yeah, conceivably, um, these tunnels could have stretched all the way to Vesuvius in general, you know, you're talking about lava tubes and stuff that came off of Vesuvius that these things could have connect, connected up to as well as you know, the lore of it connecting to the Vatican, which is an interesting idea. I've not been able to suss that part out with remote viewing, but it's hard remote viewing the Vatican. I'm telling you right now. It's like when you remote view the Vatican and that what's going what's underneath it. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm. we usually bail on that because there's darkness there.
1: Like you mean, is something protecting it, or is is that what you no, mean? No, we're talking about
0: we're talking about like portal into
1: lower realms. Okay, but it's like it's not like oh something's viewing you back. It's more like this is oh no it creepy. is oh it
0: is. It, it, it's not only viewing you back; it, it will you know mess with you. So it's almost like spelling or something. Like there's been put on this here's my current interpretation my current interpretation is that there are that a lot of these institutionalized government to religion look and seek for control as opposed to liberation and when you go towards control you these these people when you get into the secret societies at that level want control and power and so they connect into realms like lower astral realms in order to help them gain that control and power. So, so that's why you find in a lot of, a lot of these locations across the earth where you have institutionalized religion going on, they're connected into those spots. And that's why when we go remote view around the Vatican, we run into these types of creatures and beings. And it's weird. It's
1: different articles that we've come across. Have alleged that the tunnel systems of Malta reach all the way up to Rome and the Vatican. Right. That they go all the way up there. This was which in... would make
0: sense to me. Why not? I mean, I, I can't verify it, but it would make sense because Malta is such a, a sort of a energetic stronghold, at least in their minds. Hmm. There's a root there, like I said before. There's a root there. <sighs> Well, and it has to do with some old, old stuff
1: in the old world building. a am sorry. The new world building atop the old world where, um, right. you know, you've got uh, these structures that are that are in place that people are wandering and discovering and then building on top of. Why wouldn't you?
0: I mean that's happened all throughout history of civilizations. You know, when you get to Peru, for instance, there was a very good representation of that where okay, so you know, humans say it's the theory of evolution and as we go forward in time from, you know, muddy the mud skipper, we get better. We get more we get more intelligent with our architecture, know how to build things better, but it's actually the opposite. When it comes to the ancient civilization you can see this represented perfectly in some photographs i've seen that coming out of peru in these megalithic sites where you have perfectly cut stone with that's just beautiful there's no there's a gap you can't fit a razor blade between and then as the years centuries thousands of years go by it gets more dilapidated up to now right and and it's just a disaster compared to what was built way back when
1: you know this this kind of research into these megalithic sites uh, kind of forced me into under trying to understand like this Malta, which at that time was a mountain or a hill, Right. why was it singled out? Well, if you really think about it, if you're an ancient, you're an ancient advanced civilization and you're, you're spiritually inclined to create... The longest lasting structures. You're gonna build it on the quarry that you're getting the stone from. And by all accounts, that's what it looks like happened on Malta. They find they find the limestone quarry and they literally build structures into it. They query the limestone and build the structures everywhere else on this little hill that's poking up. They know, I think. I mean they're building it on the mountain the highest point i mean look at churches now churches are always built on the hill they're built on the highest point so everyone can see these religious structures
0: and they're built on top of old churches of like previous civilization
1: stuff sometimes yeah you know what we're looking at is uh potentially these old temples from a very distant positive or negative religious order that was able to to carve these out, and and you know th- this limestone on on Malta is no joke. There is the upper uh, coralline limestone that they call it, this uh, globigerina limestone, and then there is a lower coralline limestone. And the lower coralline limestone reaches a thickness of 140 meters in some areas. Um. This limestone is precisely semi-crystallized stone that is hard, heavy, very strong, and almost impermeable, which means it doesn't get weathered. Right. Now the higher, the higher you go, like the higher, the closer you are to the surface, this limestone is, you go down there and you get that solid rock that's been stewing in the earth for a really long time. And you've got a really, really hard rock that's never going to go away and that's how these megalithic sites as i understand it have have lasted as long as they have
0: right they didn't have to do a lot of transportation of the of the material as well let's dig into these tunnels a little bit
1: you know not not too much but a little bit because there are tunnels all over the island of of malta uh this 1940 national geographic article that we keep referencing it cited this about the tunnels These tunnels contain a three year supply of grain stored in Floriana's subterranean vaults. Medieval castles with rugged bastions have been refitted and tunneled with secret fortifications. Now this is 1940, you guys. Yeah. Emergency submarine refuges and hidden anchorages have been established in the several inlets in the islands. St. Paul's, Maleja, Selena, Madella, St. Julian, and St. Thomas Bays are plotted for such use with micrometer-like accuracy.
0: That's. Man. Yeah. yeah. It's been a military stronghold for so long, man. It's like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is this is this is like it's like every single culture that have used this is, has dug in even more. And you think about the amount of supplies the island can hold while it can't necessarily grow the supplies, collect the supplies. They have to collect the supplies. So they got to put it somewhere. And then the fact that, you know, Nazi Germany bombed that more than any other other location during World War II, didn't do a whole lot except wreck the surface. I mean, now it could probably completely sink the island with the, you know, but
1: you drop an H bomb on there, you drop an H bomb yeah. anywhere,
0: you right. know, Bunker busters H bomb. Yeah. yeah. So now, wow, this is this, it's a really fascinating place. It's like these, these tunnels. Can you imagine like, like what has been hidden down there
1: well, Yeah. where or they like-
0: connect to like inner earth and, I mean, gosh, come on, and the obsession with it of these leaders throughout all of history. Yeah. Think about the connection points there to ancient lore, I mean, this place holds it.
1: Yeah, and, and, and uh, this next line in this article, I love just based off of what you were just saying. It says, we were personally conducted through many of the defense works by British naval officers others which were secret were of course merely hinted at
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah right it's it's not secret it's not like secret when it comes to defensive stuff it's like beyond that
1: yeah 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 and 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 it's pointing it out here john like you're saying supplies are kept in many tunnels others are are bomb shelters beneath Valletta. this is their capital some of the underground areas serve as homes for the poor So we've got like, uh, you know, like the LA catacombs situation here too, where, you know, some of the homeless are kind of living underground in these areas. We've got a similar situation over in Malta at this time as well. Prehistoric man built temples and chambers in these vaults. In a pit beside one sacrificial altar lie thousands of human skeletons. And here it is. Years ago, one could walk underground from one end of Malta to the other. 1940, right. National Geographic.
0: Years ago. Yeah, so why why not now?
1: It says the government closed the entrances to these tunnels after school children and their teachers became lost in the labyrinth while on a study tour and never returned.
0: There it is, right there.
1: Uh, sections of this underground network have been used to protect military and naval supplies. Indeed, many of the fortifications themselves are merely caps atop a maze of tunnels. Yep.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, you know, can you imagine, like, okay, so now I, the tunnels are probably really controlled unless you've got that entry point that's unknown. Mm. Um, most people go there and go to the house, Salfiani Hypogeum. I yep. think that's how you pronounce it. That's so contained, but back then, we're talking like 1940 uh, that that article was written, you could go explore that place a bit more the Hypogeum and so that we get to those children. That's (laughs) what that was about. Now it's pretty closed off.
1: Yeah, man. And in one of our episodes, we will be getting into the creepy story of the Hypogeum. Lindsay, I believe this is a uh, clip or sorry, a photo from the is this Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So, John, do you remember that movie? (laughs)
0: I don't I don't really know. Okay,
1: so why would you remember? But there's something particularly creepy about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that's going to weave into um this massive story that we're that we're unraveling. In Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, um I mean, I have not seen this movie for a very, very long what time.
0: What oh, was that flying car thing? Yeah. What? The, how are we even on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with Dick Van Dyke and? Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. All right, now you got to unroll this because I'm i like, totally confused. Okay, Malta's related to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. However, the story in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, when you like, when you actually strip it of its like. Disney esque roots is basically this creepy guy stealing children and put like basically funneling them through these tunnels where they do like bizarre things with them.
0: Oh, and are you serious? Yes, you know, I probably saw that maybe I don't know what. Okay, oh, oh my, you know, that's all like how is like think about that reference fee-fi-fo-fum i smell the blood of an englishman you know that yes story yeah so
1: the fee-fi-fo-fum thing came from was that jack and the beanstalk which one was that yeah yeah and jack and the beanstalk dude i was looking into that a little bit yesterday and i was getting freaked out the original story is way creepier than the one they present right more recently
0: but but you know think about like like that story these fables and the reference to giants and that dude sniffing out the children like in jack and the beanstalk
1: mm. and and we wonder where these stories came from and that and we right. just we make fun of we make fun of our oral history but right. what what if at the end of this series you're going to believe these stories are more true than <laughs> Than you previously thought guaranteed and and a lot of giant lady statues were found in some of these megalithic temples um the the sleeping lady statue they call them the fat ladies that's not me saying that guys that's what these are called um these these statues were are found
0: you know all throughout yeah, that's a that's a there's a historical precedence for these types of statues, like the Venus of Willendorf and stuff like that. Make them very voluptuous, right? Which you know, kind of is
1: is is abundance, or you know, bearing children. Right. Reference to which that. is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the Maltese have their story of Sansuna, who was supposed to have built Gigantia. Sansuna mated with a normal human the baby that she had was a hybrid and she carried the baby on her back and built the temple um in reverence to the event of her having a child according to
0: lore and and Sansuna would have looked (laughs) at which much so she built gigantia gigantia yeah okay so so that's the story she built it for her
1: child she built it herself yes and then. Some pirates came along, stole a child. She swam out to uh, rescue the child. The pirates basically like hewed her hands, basically killed her in the act of
0: sealing this hybrid giant child. Because she okay, so she was like, um, how tall was she? Like twelve feet or something? Yeah, massive. Like, she was like,
1: huge, really big. I mean, and she and built more, more than twelve herself. feet. Yeah. Either, someone 12 feet, I don't think they could lift 50 tons. So she must've no. been big, like. Right. You know, maybe 20 right. feet, 25 feet. Right. Now check this out, John. Yeah. There were other statues found on Malta that, um, you know, allude to kind of some historical nonsense. Like one of them was like a head built on a phallus. Um you know, like uh, like a head with a phallus coming out of it, something like that. Right. And then another was a head with the legs actually coming out of the neck area, head. And what's so strange about that, that that, that had been found is that Marco Polo's map actually has a similar being on his map.
0: That's like the night crawlers no excuse me fresno
1: night crawlers it was the peary reese map that has this where they were yeah they were the peary reese map has a being on it where it looks like the legs are growing out of the head almost like the head is on the body you remember these giants that we've seen these redheaded giants where the head is on the body and then the arms come out of the torso and the legs are growing, you know, beneath that.
0: Right, right. That's very weird. Yeah. That just reminds me of those Fresno night crawlers. What are those? You never you never saw them? Um they're 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 I'm I sure I have. I mean, you just look at it and you just laugh cuz it's absolute ridiculousness. They're like this little head thing that's got these it looks like it's got flowy fabric coming off of it little head and these legs these weird legs and it sort of like walks along somebody caught him on security camera and they showed up in other locations fresno's weird fresno california oh yeah they look kind of like that yeah yeah that's a drawing of it i guess yeah that's they look like somebody messing around like yeah with sheets on or something right and in some cases i'm sure it is but the original one that we saw which is that one right now that she's got no, that was a real thing. That's creepy remote That was a real, real thing. If you can believe that they're weird, it's weird. Yeah, they're Fresno, really weird.
1: California.
0: Yeah, Fresno. Fresno is a bizarre location. I get They have a just a preponderance of strange paranormal stuff occurs there.
1: I have not seen this. I thought this would have been something I saw. I've never seen this before. That's weird.
0: You got to watch the video. Like the original security cam footage, I was just what the, what the heck. Damn.
1: So maybe there was a version of these Fresno nightcrawlers in Malta at one point, right? Okay. So we found on the way back machine, a very interesting article where someone found a tunnel in their home in a pantry. Going what the down. hell? Are you, yeah. yeah, straight down into the multi catacombs.
0: So, so you have a, a regular house, and in their pantry. So you're talking about like a kitchen type pantry deal. They've got a tunnel,
1: like a closet. They've got
0: access to the tunnels. Yeah, yeah. Now we, you got to wonder, like, if that was created during World War II, right? Um, yeah, I because mean because how would the island survive? How would the people survive if maybe. they didn't have quick access to tunnel systems
1: at the same time though if everything was already built on the tunnel system you know to begin with this this goes back centuries now we're talking about someone rediscovering a very ancient uh tunnel system right and uh, it's really interesting so here's here's kind of a little bit more of this story um Quote, I was at school in Malta and heard about the hypogeum that had been discovered under the foundations of a house that was being built. My friend and I caught an old Maltese bus and went to visit it, climbing down through the abandoned shell of the house. Huge piles of bones were still in the corner.
0: Really? So huge piles of bones were still... I wonder when this was written. 2014?
1: 2014?
0: 2014 okay
1: yeah it's funny that we had to pull this off of the way back machine yeah no kidding so huge pile of bones were still in the corner another school friend had lived in a massive house in medina the lounge was so big that you had to shout across the room to be heard one day a group of us went to visit her and she opened a door which looked like a pantry door beside the kitchen it wasn't a pantry it was an entrance to the catacombs. Wow. Yeah. She gave gave us candles and we slowly walked in, keeping hold of each other's shoulders. We passed other tunnels branching off. Then someone started making ghostly noises and we all panicked. We turned around and rushed back the way we came or so we thought. The candles were flickering as we ran, which scared us even more. Luckily, oh, so luckily we took the right route and emerged shaking but laughing.
0: Wow. Wow. So this is like more modern times here. I got to wonder like when this event occurred and, and how many houses still have access into the tunnels. Uh, they probably don't talk about it. A lot of them may not even know.
1: Yeah. They don't know. Or like, but right below them, a lot of that is now. What's really interesting where the hypogeum was found in this construction area it was an entire and this is in 1903 or whatever it was an entire residential area people didn't even right. know the hypogeum was there the construction crew starts working they hit through the the ceiling of the hypogeum and they rediscover it around all of these like residential homes
0: right 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 exactly so they didn't know nobody knew that it was there that's fascinating yeah and then what was that story i mean the story was these workmen right they were they were digging what you say, a cistern, a well.
1: Well, they, yeah, I guess they were just, you know, you're you're doing construction. You're probably trying right. to create a foundation. You're digging down. Oh, OK, you, you don't know the catacombs are there or the uh, the hypogeum is there. Um, why on earth would anyone build a door to the catacombs in their house? It was a very old house, hundreds of years old. Oh, but even so, why? Um, right. Again, the entire island could be accessed through tunnels. This was all closed down by the British government. Um, now, yeah, what's also interesting is the 1940 National Geographic article talks about these missing children, a group of like 30 or 40 children that went missing when they entered into the hypogeum, um, the same hypogeum that we were just talking about, the Sofliani hypogeum, which we will be getting into in depth in an entire episode of this series, because this is, I mean, wow. The, one of the craziest
0: stories I've ever heard in my life. You also have the, not only the kids, but the Jessup story that we can bundle with the children. Absolutely. Because that- you know, we're, this is like the 1940s 1940s timeframe. And I don't know like what we have, from that time to now, to present, like like there's just nothing that's come out of it. But when you get to those workers, you know, and the workers that that found it, I suggest and refound it in 1903. But they knew about it earlier, right? Didn't they know about this area earlier, the tunnels earlier than that? Well, the people knew about. It, it, it's like it got wiped off memory. Yes, it was sort of
1: like let's just not tell anyone that we know this stuff is here. Also. When you're talking about an island that's riddled with ancient structures everywhere people just start building stuff on things and they're like i gotta live you know some stuff's gonna get lost the hypogeum just happened to be right rediscovered in 1903 i think it's really like when we start talking about like malta in our last episode we were talking about how did malta hold off all of these different armies uh, we you start getting into this conversation about these star forts that are on Malta. Mm-hmm. These star forts are, I mean, gosh, really interesting. Um, how much of this was built, and how much of it was left over, and right. if and if you think that that's a stretch of the imagination. <laughs> there you can go to Malta there are people that have gone to Malta and they have recorded all of this and you can see massive rocks built you know as the foundation with with smaller rocks built above them Um, which we can we can actually show you a little bit of this footage um. You can even see erosion patterns on the old stone and the newer stone is just super easy to tell. So we'll go ahead and pull uh, a video up in just a moment.
0: And the, the, the stone, I guess what they date, this whole configuration construction, the constructions on Malta to what the 1500 ish timeframe, right?
1: Yeah. They, they say that the construction of Malta happened really in the 1500s, but, when you look at some of the clips from this video, you can see, like, here's some of the some of the newer some of the newer stone is built atop some of this older older stone. Um, there are different examples of this here. You can see that where where the arrows are pointing. That was really old stuff.
0: So with a lot of this stuff, it looks like it looks like the earlier, earlier construction was digging into uh, the mountain, basically.
1: OK, you can see in this uh, video here, um, the the kind of tools on the bottom and the and the um, in the video player um, icons are are blocking a little bit of this. But there's a woman standing down there. There is a lot of like very, very old limestone rock on the bottom. And on the very top of that video, you can see these much more these patterned stones that have been built atop of that. And then on the bottom lined next to where she is right underneath that logo, there is actually an opening. Where stone was filled in.
0: Right, right. And then you have um So if you're building a fort, right, there they are, right there. And they had to fill it in because if you're going to build a fort, you're not going to have entrances to the fort where you're going to get attacked, obviously. And so if you look at this structure, you will also see staircases on the outside of the fort that go to these openings that the openings have been closed off. So, So there is a clear difference between... The 15th century construction and what actually was constructed earlier, clear, clear difference in different intention, obviously, because I don't think it was built as a fort originally because of the staircases on the outside going into the fort, it doesn't make sense. Right. And so you, you have the new world being built atop, atop the old
1: world is, and you can see this everywhere <laughs> across Malta. It's not exactly. Yeah. It's so strange.
0: Yeah. Right. So I know I thought that was a very fascinating take, very fascinating video um, because it was very clear and, and it's very reminiscent of let's just say that the Yonaguni monument in Japan, right? Yonaguni is a site that actually sits near Taiwan, but it's part of Japan's territory and right off the coast of one of their islands underwater. I can't remember how many feet, is something that would maybe be considered a star fort so this structure look at this thing you know when we had remote viewed this it was it was it was a very ancient construction it's like we're talking about atlantis style construction and purpose uh that didn't have to do with warring right didn't have to do with fighting and protecting had to do with um with um sound and learning, like sound reverberations, like when we get to the hypogeum and some of the ancient structures. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. So if this was on the surface, um, it would probably be called a star fort of some kind, you right? Know, and appropriated as such.
1: Now look at this. Look at that right there. See all that stuff on the bottom? You can see everything on the bottom was there. And then these stones that the modern humans are just building on top of it to fortify it can see that this this stone wall goes up even further so this is the bridge these stones here the bridge between this like old world and everything that's that's new that they're building to protect themselves
0: right right and that that old that newer newish old world was 1500s yeah right right
1: and so there's more or less of this i guess you could call it old world in different parts of malta that they're building on top of closing right. up different passages adding in new stuff uh all across the entire island especially where these star forts are so right you know the conjecture here is like were they building on old fortifications or were they building them from scratch they weren't building them from scratch they were taking right. advantage of what was already there i mean imagine wandering around and and coming across that at some point all those yeah
0: so i can i can understand that why some houses especially up against hillsides would have entry points right into in fact you'd want to build a house right on an entry point into one of the into the cave system into the tunnel system that's probably what what went on quite a bit there on malta is my guess but who knows like the original original construction now i know what the original construction of the hypogeum was for which we'll get to later but when you get to the whole thing pre 1500 construction or whatever the case, like I I would say, I would call it pre ice age construction is what we have or pre, sorry, flooding of the ice age flooding after the ice age, we would have um, something much, much, much older for totally different purposes like the Yonaguni monument. Right. Because we don't, when we get into that thing, I think they used a totally different, they had a totally different mindset on how to protect themselves and when we get into these so-called star forts, that I think Yonaguni would be considered, we we get into higher learning, astral travel and projection, um, psychic skills, through techniques that involve sound and other things. You know, we see this with a pyramid as well. Like there is an aspect of the Pyramid of Giza and other pyramids that that reflect that too. We don't get them as like these places to do battle, right? That's human.
1: That's human. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it is very human. When have we not been in a war? Try to figure
0: that out. Okay. So how many bones were found under there? You mentioned that earlier. There were at the, at the beginning, there were reportedly about 30 to 33,000 bones,
1: Bones. like of different people found there.
0: Okay. So think about if a lot of death occurs in a location you get, and Ghost hunters have figured this stuff out where if, if a lot of death has occurred, you're going to have portals to other realms, to other locations. It opens up these portals into strangeness. So conceivably. Yeah. I mean, heck that could be like the ancient Fresno (laughs) nightcrawler. That's funny.
1: It is weird. Yeah. So there's, there's examples of other, of other beings that, you know, could have been there not to mention, you know, some of the relief the painting on in some of the caves and or um temples were you know they were with red ochre which usually is meant to symbolize blood now what's strange about this is it, okay ima- like think about this these were found near where all those bones are right okay if the skin was left on the bones and the, and everything was rotting, the gases from that would have completely destroyed the painting on these ceilings. Right. So these bodies were prepared. They were skinned before being left in there for whatever reason. I don't even know what that means. We're talking about some weird, bizarre death cult stuff.
0: David, I don't know. You want to go there no. for real? I mean, we can, well, I'm not saying like physically go there. I'm saying like, (laughs) get into this stuff that, that, that I've seen with the RV data and even viewing on this myself is pretty intense. Um, I mean, it goes down this rabbit hole that most people will scratch their heads at and just say, I'm insane. But, but I do that,
1: John, (laughs) you can confide in me. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, I can confide in you. All right, I'm going to tell you what happened. Um, Pull up a picture of Gigantia. Now, let's see. I want to just ask you a question.
1: Sure. So Gigantia is this, from the top, looks almost like this clover-like temple that Graham Hancock referenced and uh, several other researchers have referenced as being older than the pyramids of Giza. And we're going to take a look at an aerial view of Gigantia feels
0: like a creepy place. I'm getting All right.
1: really creepy. There's One
0: that's actually a little bit better. Um, what's the other one? T- pull up. Mm, there you go. That's the one I want to see right there. All right. So let me ask you a question. What, what does that look like to you when you look down upon it? Some sort of like,
1: okay, so one could be like, is it a crucified man, a person like stretched out you know, it could look like some type right. of, of moth or bug,
0: <clears throat> right? You've got that almost like clover Malta, right. Cross look, you know, and stuff like that, but that's like not a, what I'm talking about.
1: It looks like a double cross to me, to some extent. What,
0: what, what, if you look at, if you look at, uh, cattle people, what kept, people kept cattle in, they would look similar to this. What do you wait? Say that again. If, if you, if you looked if at, if you looked what, at what cattle pens, uh, huh um they would look similar to this in fact like dude no you're saying that these were created as pens for sacrificed individuals all right so the data around this like what (laughs) we don't have stuff like ceremonial purposes we don't have stuff that goes down that path with some of these things what we have here are humans being rounded up and put in these pens what? to yeah yeah it's and we are not talking necessarily about sacrificial altar type stuff yeah some of that did happen what we're talking about is for a totally different purpose and that is food what
1: no that oh, is dude.
0: food these are so a giant dude we're talking about f Fo fum is what we're talking about <laughs> We're talking about Jack and the Beanstalk kind of stuff. Fee
1: fi, fo Fee fi, fo fung. Oh
0: man! What we're talking about is is something that shows up throughout history in native Native cultures. We'll talk about it in the United States, for instance, where the red-haired giants out of Nevada, right? The Apache, like have the story where the red-haired giants would eat them and they would fight with them finally they they pushed the red-haired giants into a cave and burned them killed them shot arrows at them the last of the red-haired giants so this is a long time ago and then later on we're talking probably the 1930s 1940s i believe a miner decides he's gonna mine guano in a cave in nevada he starts digging in the cave and he finds giant bones and giant skulls in this cave that this, this tribe had stated, that's where it took place. That's where we killed the last of the red-haired giants, right? So th- these types of stories occur throughout history where this giant race would eat people. Now, when you get to Malta and you get to some of these structures, these structures were built to keep and contain their food. They're human food, right? So so that's what we're looking at here with some of the structures. Of course, like when you get into the ceremonial type aspects, it's not human ceremonial aspects. It's it's what these other beings were doing with them. And of course, you're going to have probably ceremonial aspects around sacrifice every once in a while. But for the most part, what we're seeing is that these were for containment of humans. And this 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 goes down a path where I think like even Graham Hancock would be like no probably not she would you're not be because right anybody would say John you're completely utterly insane because none of that happened but if you look through these stories throughout history and I mean this is what our remote viewing data is pointing towards it's not talking about ceremonial stuff if 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 a ceremony happened or it was built for just ceremonial purposes that comes through because there's a lot of energy around that right. And now what you're talking about are the skeletons, the 30,000 skeletons that are found underground. Okay, that's this whole other realm. Like what did they find on those skeletons? You were saying, well they had to be skinned. Oh, they had to be eaten. They were eaten. Like yeah, they had to be eaten. So you you'll find you would find down there that there's evidence of them being eaten. Right. Because you're going to find that in the bones, not just that you're going to find evidence of the other species mixed in with the humans because no, they didn't build that the hypogeum, that hypogeum for a a dumping ground. Uh, Not necessarily, but a lot of them ended up there because, hey, you know,
1: (laughs) chuck it in the hole.
0: Yeah, chuck it in the hole. But they also were living, you know, down there. Living down there because when you get to this ancient, ancient, ancient lore around um, these races that came from elsewhere, I guess you would call it the Nephilim. Um, when we had remote viewed all that stuff, we got a lot of them, huge contingents of them going underground, and and this is where you get into like the idea of ancient bloodlines that have power, right? This this really goes into a, a point where. Where secret societies and a- ancient people who believe they're in the royalty zone get into this idea of something else from somewhere else, giving them that bloodline and that royalty. This is one of the reasons why Malta is so important, because this was one of the original locations that we've seen where they did go underground. Right. This is like a, a very pivotal central point, this location.
1: This is crazy, man. You know that. Right. In six six four of Genesis, there is that quote there were giants in the earth in those days. And there then you go. We have Odysseus it's in the
0: earth. It's it's
1: a, it's in the in earth, earth. In the earth. And then we have Odysseus, who is his entire team is getting caught by giant cyclopses in a cave. They're in a cave, right. they're underground. They're coming out to find food and then going back into the caves. Right and he's watching his men getting getting eaten by the Cyclops.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, this is all the stuff we I've done an extensive amount of work on the this Nephilim, the giant side, like what they were doing, who they were, and and a huge aspect of this is well, the, the they sort of split up into different groups, and a huge contingent of them went underground. Um, and and they would, like a food source for them, What were humans. And they weren't cannibalistic because they were giants. They were a different race. And I mean, think about how we think about cattle. And that's how they thought about humans. So not a big deal to round them up, build these pens like at Gigantia, and, and keep them in there until you know, you're ready to eat them. You feed them like cows, you collect them, and, and then eat them later on. Here we go. It's like, oh, Malta has these beautiful temples. Let's go visit the beautiful Let's temples of Malta. Temples. <laughs> Let's Megalith- go visit the temples. Let's go visit the human holding pens of Megalithic Malta. stones. <laughs> I know it sounds absolutely, you know, bat insane, but...
1: I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't, though. I mean, think about it. What you said makes even more sense than it just being ritualistic. Like these these scientists who, by the way, don't know, you know? No, they don't. They don't know for sure why something was a certain way. They're immediately going to go to, oh, this was their, this was their belief system, this was whatever. But isn't it much more practical that these would be used for food? Like you have to feed yourselves. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're gonna build right. the thing to feed yourself or that contains the food to feed yourself a lot faster right than well there's temples only yeah. come when you're refining your civilization and you're you're taking that next step and food isn't really a thought for you
0: Right and what what you're trying to do is you have a huge mis- misunderstanding of a different race of beings and why they constructed things. You just assume that humans did it so you're going to just say what humans would have done in these structures. But you can't place that on a totally different race, right? So so you get into this fantastical idea, at least from my standpoint, what I've seen with it, that these are beautiful temples that were constructed to worship deities in this way and that way, and align with the cosmos. And well, yeah, of course, some of them were because they did come from elsewhere. Um, It's just not just not true. It's not true. Like, like, really, I got to tell you, like, it was very visceral in remote viewing some of this, because you can feel, you can hear when you're remote viewing, you have an experience, right? And you can feel the crunching of bones. You can ah. feel the tearing of flesh with teeth, like in some of this data, right? Cause I had viewed on this as well. And of course blind, cause we always do it blind. We don't know what we're viewing beforehand and we have a ton of stuff to view. So so when you get into this type of stuff, it's like these types of beings were underground and they were very large some of them were very very hairy um some of them had big heads like elongated heads these beings were they had an attitude of being like trickster pretty dark they felt dark right like how the bible would describe the nephilim they felt dark and they were carrying through flesh and blood and bones of human and looking for them. And some of them, some of them were even um, seemed to be blind, which was interesting because that came up later and use a form of like echolocation. Um, So, so it could have been that for a lot of these guys living underground when they came here was, you know, what they would do because sunlight didn't matter to them. Right. Mm. And now when you get to a location where you have that amount of death occurring, you're opening portal to lower astral realms. It's just an inevitability that secret societies, well, they love and they also have a connection to this, to this, to these in general, because a lot of the royals believe that their blood comes from these these dark lords or gods, whatever they want to call them of the past deep past history. So so that's why this is such an important, important location for these guys across the board. Because it's it seems to be this, in a sense, landing point of this race. This is where they first seem to dig in. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Alright, well, uh, hope you guys are enjoying these episodes. We just got through some crazy information and there's so much more. Uh, in our next episodes, we're going to be getting into the Hall Sofliani Hypogeum and unraveling that story a little bit more on the Oracle Room, missing children, and elongated skulls, giants, and so much more. So, John, thanks so much for being with us and for all of you at home. I hope you guys thought this episode was as out of this world as we did.